0: Welcome back
1: to Inside the Pastor's Study Podcast. I'm Pastor Jeremy, and I'm Pastor George, and we are back. I, I think we're going to stop talking about us podcasting on Mondays at this point.
2: Yeah, we're just podcasting during the week. We're trying so yeah.
1: hard. It is it is tough. I messed it up a bit. You this did. Week.
2: Oh, t- you you did it big time. This yeah.
1: Day. I uh, so I'm an early riser, and in general, I don't love it, but I am. And uh, woke up early Monday morning to a uh, email in my. Um, uh, from the Yankees, because you know we' that's how tight we are, and uh, there were some tickets available I to judge, <laughs> Ooh, I like that. Um, there are tickets available like way up in the nosebleeds for a relatively affordable price, and I thought, you know what? I'm going to go see a playoff game. I've never been to one. So I called through a group of friends, found one that was willing to bite, and the uh, two of us went down to New York uh, to try to watch a uh, playoff game. On Monday night it got rained out we decided why not stay longer and so we stayed the night in New York saw the game uh, last night and then came home super late so I'm in the office finally this week yes it's good to see you yeah Yeah. it's nice yeah it's nice to be seen So anyway, so welcome. Uh, We are a uh, father and son pastoral team. Uh, We uh, serve local church, Methuen, Massachusetts. And uh, the goal of our podcast is to connect you into the conversations that we tend to have in the office throughout the week. Um, Most of these uh, podcasts are... are, um, they they dig into things that are important to our faith and and uh, they, they apply the, the wisdom of scripture into culture, but they're never really things that we could just preach on or teach on.
2: They're just, you know, the conversations that we use our we our could, worldview to apply. We could, but the you know, the cost of the cost of uh, of like benadryl and sleepies and all yeah that would just drop. there's only there are only just a
1: few of you out there who are good at listening to this without falling asleep which is good because the podcast a lot of people consume these in the car so true but if you're not you might be on uh, our spotify channel watching us or uh, on the youtube channel watching us those are both great options Where
2: you're gonna like and subscribe
1: yeah all yeah. of the ratings help it's a you know every single person on these um, channels or whatever it is, asks you to do that. And it's, uh, I, it's annoying to me. I always ignore it. Um, but it is helpful. It helps expand the audience, uh, all of the, uh, all of the people who sit in Silicon Valley and make these programs decided to make their popularity based on how frequently those of you who watch uh, interact with it. And so that's just kind of the nature of the beast. So that's why everybody asks for those likes and subscribes. It does help out quite a bit. So, And, and we don't charge you for it. So, no. hey, why not? Go ahead and go and click you know, five stars or a big thumbs up or whatever it is on the, on the app of your choice. And now they want you to comment
3: too. Oh, right. Commenting. Yeah.
1: So I guess if you're watching this on YouTube,
2: you could do
3: that. You could comment.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So anyway, we're, uh, we're, we're glad you're here. Um, We are, we're glad to be here. Um, If you um, were on, I think around episode 67 ish of our, of our, of our podcast here. And if you were um, quick to the punch and downloaded our, uh, podcast last week before I took it down I just want to apologize we had some technical issues on that it was it was like when you you know call that person and you started in a tunnel or something and you have that echo where you hear yourself over and over again it was it became it was just unlistenable so we pulled it down some of you may have tried to suffer through it or listen to a bit we are we're super sorry we did some updates on in our technology you know I'm, I'm just I'm hoping this week it works we'll find out afterward no it should be working just fine now so anyway so we uh um we start off our uh every one of these episodes with theological term of the week and uh i think this week's gonna be a bonus one
2: the theological
1: term of the week it's a bonus because we're gonna at least highlight a bit of last week's
2: yes because it was an important word
1: yeah Talking about the Holy Spirit. Talking right. about
2: the Holy Spirit. And the word we used last week was sealing.
0: Hmm.
2: Not to be confused with, you know, with the, the rear head. Yeah. Um, but the concept of sealing is mm-hmm. what we talked about last week. And uh, I just wanted to reiterate what the Holy Spirit does is he, he seals us. It's the idea of S-E-A-L, not, you know... Oh, so many options yeah so many options right yeah right yeah so
1: yeah. and i i think what we were talking about last week when we talked about this word last week i i was saying how i had i don't often go to the mental picture of a wax seal on a letter but that really is the original word picture yes that's being referenced when we exactly. talk about this doctrine yeah that, so when you seal an envelope um you would uh Especially in that day, when you would mark it with like a either a a ring or like a rolling um, tool that you would otherwise wear it's around a your neck. Seal yeah, is what it was called. Um, yes, but you weren't just um, locking something into a capsule. Which yeah. is kind of how I have always thought of this. Like you would, you know, use paint to seal something, or or something like that. Like it's not just locking something into a capsule. You're really putting your signature of authority on something and um You're authenticating, authenticating that it what came it is. from you yeah
2: and that it belongs to you
1: yeah right,
2: right? And that it belongs to you
1: yeah really helpful like so especially we start to like tease this out with how it works with us in the holy spirit
2: right yes yeah yeah because it you know one of the passages of scripture we re- we referred to is uh ephesians one fourteen, where it says that the holy spirit is the deposit guaranteeing our salvation or he's the one who holds or seals us in as his own he authenticates our possession Hmm. Mm -hmm. you know so then
1: i mean i can see where this doctrine leads to some interesting um church uh denominational choices yeah right because like i think the you start to get this um because of that I, this doctrine i could, i could see where some would want to prove their authenticity and so if the holy spirit's job is to demonstrate that authenticity then you would want to prove you have the holy spirit in you yes to others yes and right. so and sometimes that requires, you know people over history have said well then there are certain there are certain sign gifts or yeah. gifts of sealing right. that would uh Prove that the Holy Spirit is in me. I'm going to pursue right, those.
2: Right. So, I mean, one of the things that happens in, you're talking about Pentecostal doctrine or charismatic doctrine. And one of the things that is a vein of, of understanding within Pentecostal doctrine is that you may be saved in Jesus. See, they divide Matthew 28 into three events. mm mm-hmm. They actually identify that uh, when you, you're baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they take that to mean that you're baptized in the Father, then you're baptized in the Son, mm-hmm. um, and then you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, and you, you can be baptized in the Father, and in that moment go to heaven, but have no assurance of it. And then mm. you can be baptized in the Son, and in that moment— Go to heaven, but have no assurance of it, because what if you sin against it? But then, you have to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, and He seals you. Hmm. Our understanding uh, of that statement, Matthew twenty-eight, is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's one God. It's simultaneous. It's you can't sealing. just like you
1: can't divide God. You can't divide
2: exactly. You can't divide your salvation. So the Holy Spirit seals you the moment you ask Christ to be your Savior. Yeah. He, uh, there's no n- need for an additional act or an additional salvation um you're you're done you're baptized totally and completely in in him and he seals you he's yours you're his Yeah. let's, let's put that right okay yeah, I mean so here's the other thing with sealing right well you hit that one doctrine but then there's this other doctrine of well I can lose my salvation mm-hmm um, and you can't lose your salvation if the Holy Spirit is the one who owns you right you you don't have the right to remove yourself from his ownership,
1: yeah. and this is the, this is a conflict within the evangelical church for a long time, even I will call it the evangelical church and and perhaps some mainline churches, like yeah. if you get into the the Wesleyans and yes. the the, uh, yep. the Methodist line, <clears throat> right there is or there yeah there there are these thoughts that the salva- yeah, your salvation is potentially perishable
2: right but if the Holy Spirit seals you then he, what he's really doing is he's, he's saying he's taking ownership of you you haven't just relinquished your ownership he mm. has taken ownership mm-hmm. right he's the one who is if if you choose God then Aren't you owning him Mm -hmm. rather than God owning you? Think about that one. And in that case, aren't you putting your seal on the Holy Spirit rather than the Holy Spirit sealing you?
1: Right, right.
2: Some heavy stuff to think through.
1: So if you want more of that talk, there are a lot of episodes really early in our series where we... uh, start to parse out some of those differences between uh different denominations and and so we dig into that a little bit more but that's really that's the the, that doctrine of the sealing of sealing of the that the doctrine the the work of the holy spirit that we talk about in theology when we talk about sealing it's kind of that idea but there's there's another work of the holy spirit that comes
2: we're gonna add the bonus right the bonus
1: the bonus bonus word for this week
2: okay this is a this is an interesting word the bonus Theological word, a term of this week, <laughs> is the word fullness. Didn't we cover this already? You would think, right? Because we talked about filling. Yeah. Right? Filling and fullness are two different theological terms. Well, it's, and like, now, it's like pre-Thanksgiving, post-Thanksgiving? No. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Filling. I'm, or
1: I'm, I'm filling myself with Thanksgiving dinner, and, and then, then I'm afterward when i watching, it, yeah. yeah, I'm fullness of turkey.
2: Yeah, no, it's, you would think, and that's, that's where the confusion rise, lies, because, so filling is temporary. It's, it's, what, it's what the Holy Spirit does for a specific task in an individual, whether they are saved or unsaved, mm-hmm. they can be filled by the Holy Spirit. But, Paul talks about in Colossians... That we have experienced the fullness of Christ in the Holy Spirit. And fullness means that all that the Holy Spirit has to give to us is ours. Hmm. We are full of the Holy Spirit.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: We, we don't lose out on the Holy Spirit. So, when, uh, when they were looking for uh, deacons in Acts chapter 6, they weren't looking for people who were temporarily in- empowered by God, but it says that they were looking for men who were
1: filled with the Holy Spirit, they were,
2: who, were, who were full of the faith and the Holy Spirit. Hmm. They were looking for individuals who had grasped all that God had for them. So, fullness is a, is a work of the Holy Spirit that enables me to understand that God owns everything. Hmm. He's it's it's that moment in time. Fullness is the work of the Holy Spirit, where He teaches me that I am completely, totally His.
1: It's interesting because where my head first went on this, and you're talking about that with fullness, we have access to all that is the Holy Spirit's. I really do think of that in selfish terms, right? Like I think of, ooh, that means I have access to everything that's from the Father. This is exciting. That's Everything right. belongs yeah. to me that belongs to God, which is everything. <clears throat> Sorry, I think of it selfishly, but the, the opposite is it's the truth. Also true, yeah. Right? And yeah. It's, it's just that this, the side benefit is we have access to this, but the opposite really is the truth to focus on here, that God does own all. Like God is, I'm, I belong to him. I am, as, as underneath this idea of fullness by the Holy Spirit, I have surrendered and I am fully owned by God. Fully owned. Yeah.
2: Yep. Fully owned. Every part of me belongs to him. And the Holy Spirit opens our eyes to that and makes us aware hmm. that we have the fullness of Christ; that everything belongs to Him. But mm-hmm. also, like you said, though the opposite is also true, because everything belongs to Him, I also gain everything that He has for me.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It's a, it's a, it's, a, it's kind of a beautiful thought. Uh, you know, it, that within this sacrifice, we we open ourselves up to be able to enjoy everything. Yes. So in giving up the little that is our control and that is that we believe to be ours and giving up that small amount, we then have access to this um, unfathomable amount of grace and riches that belongs to the Father.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. 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 It's an amazing term and just, it's, it's a term that you kind of have to wrestle with in your brain because mm-hmm. first of all, you're, you're led astray, led you know, not astray, but you kind of led down one path when you think filling, but then fullness comes and you start thinking about all the the ramifications of the fullness of the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. in me. Yeah, And it's not indwelling. Indwelling is something different. It's the reality that he's gone to constantly be with me and he's going to constantly be my direction and he's never going to leave me or forsake me. But fullness is more along the lines of uh yeah post thanksgiving i am full oh, <laughs> you know yeah i just have it all
1: and just like that uh, that i'm thinking about that po- post thanksgiving meal when all you want to do like you can't think about anything else like if you've if you've done thanksgiving right then you have a hard time thinking about anything other than your full stomach or at least all of your decisions after that really full stomach are impacted by the fullness of your stomach, right? Right, right. right. So like, ah, am I gonna go for my run now? No, thank goodness I did it before dinner, right? Like, am I gonna, you know what I'm gonna do? I am just, I'm so stuffed. I'm just gonna sit on the couch, I'm gonna watch football, I'm gonna fall asleep, right? Yes. Yeah. We make those decisions based on that full feeling that we have, like, yes, I, it, it factors into everything we do for those first couple hours. And, and I think that's the same, you know, that, that's a similar idea here when we talk about the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Like a good way to indicate that you are filled with the Holy Spirit is that everything you do is filtered through that reality that the Holy Spirit is in you. And you can't really make a decision without first running it through that filter. Whew, I, I am full of the Lord's goodness and grace. Mm-hmm. And because mm-hmm. of that, what, how do I act? Right, right. Um, and that part's important for us. I, I think we, we get distracted and we miss out on the, that reality. That if you are in Christ, if you're, a new, if you're a believer and you're that new creation, then everything you do needs to be filtered through that reality that the Holy Spirit is in you.
2: True. Absolutely true. Yeah. So yeah. fullness. Fullness. Cool
3: Time
1: term. Week. Worth,
2: worth thinking about. The theological term of the week. Interesting conversation came up for us this
1: week. Yes. Um we're in the uh the rhythm of our year where our annual meeting's coming around. As a church, um, we meet once a right. year. Beautiful. Right. Like I've been we've been in traditions before where that's more frequent, sometimes monthly, quarterly, yeah. right? But it's nice. Um, we're an elder led church. the elder team um, uh, prayerfully makes the majority of the decisions for the church, but we uh, we are still um, you know we're still congregational in nature and yes. so the congregation has influence and input obviously in everything we do. Um, and that annual meeting is sort of a blend of those two ideas, right? Um, and uh, which I guess is probably another t- podcast talking about could be could the be. Uh, the structures of the local church. That could be Almighty. a fun one. Yeah, Ooh, I might scribble that one down. Um, so we'll get to there down the road. We'll explain that. We'll explain that in a future podcast. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, this this is how it works in our church. And so when annual meeting time starts rolling around, it, it creates a lot of pressure and work on our, our office, particularly, but also our ministry leaders, and there are things things that we need to think through uh, because as an organization in the United States, there are certain things that we need to do um, right. right, because of our status. And so we run, we run this annual meeting, mm-hmm. you know, for the health of our church, but also because it's important to our tax status and our organizational mm-hmm. status and mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. like that. And we have elected officers and all of those things. And some of those are actual legally legal terms uh, within the, uh, the um the framework of our church, um, yes. right? These right. are like legal like officers, right. like your business would have, right? Um, and so all of that, like all of these things. Again, future podcasts we'll, we'll unpack some yes. of that. Right. Um, but one of the things that we need to do every time we come around is like be prepared for the needed quorum that we have of uh, members at this meeting, because you can't really make um the decisions that you make in that meeting binding unless you have. A certain number of your members there, and then a certain you know percentage of your overall members. and so, at this time of year, what we will often do is go through our member role with a fine tooth comb we sh- We consult it frequently, but this time of year, the goal is to go through that member list and make sure that everybody's membership status is um accurate, yes, right,
2: yeah. and- which is different by the way, for a lot of churches, like just yeah perspective true. wise i mean i i um i remember the first church that i pastored i was actually an associate at the church and i think at the time we had about 160 people that were coming on a regular basis mm-hmm. and uh we had a we had a tighter membership in that you had to be um you had to be over 16 to be a member And so there was maybe 120 that were members of the church, Uh Um, but the membership role was closer to 500. Right. Because they
1: never cleaned it up. (laughs)
2: Yeah, it was never cleaned up. It was just, it was the kind of thing that churches did back in the, up through, say, 1980, 1990. They just, you know, once a member, always a member, Mm -hmm. and, you know, you would... You would you would go to a it was a baptist church so you would if you moved away and you went to another baptist church you would ask for your membership letter
1: to be transferred,
2: to be transferred to new, yeah. and then they would send the letter but sometimes the letter wasn't actually removed right um and then there were other times when you know if you didn't go to a baptist church you went to a bible church or a community mm-hmm. church or something like that because the word baptist wasn't in the title they wouldn't transfer your membership mm-hmm. or um, they would just remove you from the membership role or mm-hmm. they might just keep you there. <laughs> right. You know? And I remember that church, uh, one, of the, one of the things we did and like the second or third year that I was there was we decided to actually go through the membership role and remove all the dead people. Mm. It's kind of, you know. How dare you? How dare you? know well, Sounds like a political move. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Except, yeah.
1: <clears throat> yeah. We won't get into that one. We won't go there. We won't touch that rail. So... And this, I mean, this is, this has even caused problems. This bloated membership role thing has caused problems in churches forever. I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a a well-known church here in Boston that would run into all kinds of trouble with this because every time they would try to make changes for the health of the people who were attending that church, all of the extended family of members who now lived in Florida or wherever would fly in to vote no No. on whatever they were going to try and do and then fly back out again Really, I mean, all of this stuff just kind of makes somebody who is watching all of this sit back and say, Where is this even biblical? Like, is this whole like the membership thing, this membership thing, and the way that we handle this, and 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 is is. Is this an antiquated thing? Is this, a, is this an American ideal that has leaked into the church? Is this something that the Bible really addresses? And I wanted to unpack that a little bit today. And the reason I want to unpack it is because we've kind of encountered a new problem in the post-COVID era. Yes, And I'm not sure how many churches are actually like realizing this yet, um, but it's something I was thinking through as I was wandering the streets of the Bronx late at night. Um, and, Scary. yeah. And uh, no, it's a new city, it's fine. Uh, So, um, here's what I was thinking. Like we have a lot of people who attend our services online now.
2: Yes, they do.
3: Yeah.
1: And they are frequent <clears throat> online viewers of our service. Some of them who live here locally and some who have moved, um, but still stay connected with us through our online church presence. And with that, like some of these people are members or have been members. And in this time of year, when we start to go through our roles to tighten up our membership, it made me ask the question yesterday, like, you know, for some of these people who tune in weekly to uh, to view our service, which is a whole other man, so many topics out of this. Right. Um, right. who tune in weekly mm. to view our service and are engaged in like understanding our, you know, they're there for our worship songs, they're there for what we're preaching from the pulpit. Um, they'll often communicate via email to us. Um, are these people members still? Are they members in good standing? Are they active members? Or are they people who should be um, put into some sort of other status so as to not affect the way that we as a church can make decisions about the people who are here? So are those people who attend your church digitally members are they attending wow. your church or watching your church and then is membership something that the bible actually prescribes for his, for the local church lots of things I've lots been of things
2: there and i think i think it would be interesting though uh one of our elders came up with a couple of criteria
1: yeah yeah yeah
2: yeah i mean he came up with some criteria for uh determining a membership and you know, there have been, I, I've seen a couple of those in the past. Like, uh, you, you got yeah, I got the list. You got the list?
1: So the list, which I, I, I like this criteria, uh, but he said, um, so an, a, a member is somebody who um, financially supports the church. Um, you know, they're, they're tithing, they're giving to the church um, and uh, have regular communication with other members and leadership showing that they're directly involved and actively praying for the ministry right that makes sense to me, yes, um someone who is whenever in the area present you know yes right right um uh somebody who is uh who is faithfully serving in a ministry within the church right is something that i mentioned Yep. okay um and uh you know at some level somebody who's those' saying these are ways in which you could determine if somebody is an active member in your church so True. I think you're saying like they're they're present physically is what he was saying they um they contribute financially uh and they contribute their time to ministry um and they are they they are interactive in their prayer for the church and in their connection with leadership and with
2: other members of the church interesting so i have one i have one membership criteria that was not mentioned in there yeah. it may have been assumed Could be. in some of those things uh, and I think that this is to me this is the primary reason that we have membership, and that is that membership says that you are in agreement and support of the local objectives in a specific church. Hmm. So you understand
1: you're saying that this church i agree with its mission its vision its values and its practices
2: you're, you're entering into an agreement yeah really yeah. i mean that that's what membership in the body of christ is is hmm. it not i mean foundationally be a member of his body means that you have agreed with god regarding your sin and you have uh accepted your relationship with christ and established a relationship with christ so So there's an agreement measure that's Mm -hmm. taken to be a member of the church.
1: The larger, the big C church, the the larger body of believers. Right. And so, and I think when we talk about membership, a lot of times we go to Paul's descriptions of the many members, one of a body who have different functions. And um, I have always applied those to be local terms. Like each church has a thumbnail, right? Yeah. Like each, each church has a hip. Each church has a head. Um, but there are others, I think, who would say, no, this is the global church that Paul's referencing. The church as a whole has one head who is Christ and the church as a whole has feet and has hands and has spleens. Right. And, uh, like, so, you know, you shouldn't have to commit to one body of believers as a member. You should just attend a church and participate.
2: I remember one time, um, reading, um, a fellow who'd done some work in this and he noted that from his perspective, there are only three times that the word "church" is used in the New Testament as a universal body.
1: Hmm. So yeah, Peter on this rock, I'll build my church. Church. Yep. Yeah.
2: So every other. So basically, every other expression of the word "church" other than those three uh-huh. uh, is
1: referencing a specific referencing a body of specific local believers. Body
2: of local believers. Huh. Interesting. Right? And, and I think that, uh, you know, I, I think that there are significant needs for a church. I think the churches need um, to have a pastor or elders who are over it. And I think that um, having um, deacons is a good idea mm-hmm. as part of being a church. And you need a congregation, obviously. Helps. You know, um, otherwise you're just, you know, signing away the, <laughs> just, you're just filling out the card for the automatic ordination and the, whatever they want to call it on the back of the... De- in the back of the comic book,
3: right, right, right. But, right.
2: You know, churches have definite structure, and I think because they have definite structure and they have definite uh, local applications of that structure, you, you do this when you take care of our connections class. you You talk about how we have we have um, priority, you know we have some very specific, non-negotiable issues about who we are as a church. Mm-hmm. And then we have other areas where we have made decisions about how we're going to worship or how we're going to act within our community. And then, then there's this other stuff that just covers everybody.
1: Right. And, and with, there's a lot of freedom of choice and personality.
3: right?
2: And... right. But if you're not—if you don't have—if if we're not in agreement on those basic things, mm-hmm. and not just, not just a— um, an expected assent, but more along the lines of, you know, actually spelling it out and saying, here's what we believe. Do You believe the same thing and having that person say, yes, yes, I believe that.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: How can you call that? A, you know, how can you call yourself a member mm-hmm. if you haven't agreed upon the basic standards?
1: Right. And so that, that's probably a breakdown. As I think through conversations I've had with people um, on the other side of this discussion, if you were to say, like, do you agree with these principles? They're like, yeah, I wouldn't be here if I didn't agree with those things.
2: Yeah, but we don't know that.
1: But exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that is the challenge. Like, it, it's a bit like a, uh, um, when I started dating Kim, I knew I was, I knew she was my girlfriend for a few weeks before she realized she was, I, I was her boyfriend. Oh yeah. Uh, the story yeah. of this is a fun one. Like she, well, for her, she likes the telling of this. I don't like it as much, but okay, I will yeah. because I'm brave. And so, um, the we had been seeing each other for for a little bit, and um, we clearly liked each other. And um, so, I remember I remember the evening really well. You know, we had to, you know, especially at Cedarville at the time. It's this is still a thing throughout, but you have to have the DTR the the defining the relationship talk. Oh, and we would often chat in, in the halls of Cedarville about did they have the DTR yet? Did they have this moment of saying, Will you be my boyfriend? Will you be my girlfriend? Right? This was a thing, and um, it probably is still a thing. And I, I'm just out of that game, so you know, I've yeah, committed yeah. at this point. So um, we'd gone to a movie. Um, and then after the movie, we'd each come back to our separate dorms. And then I, you know, I sat down and like, I missed a golden opportunity to like, to have this DTR with Kim. And so I sent her a quick note on uh, Instant Messenger, which was a thing at one Ooh. point. And uh, she <laughs> was like, "Hey, we should go for a walk." And you know, which Dangerous. was obvious, right? At that point,
2: oh. I, the walk, could the have walk. Been the that could have been the
1: well, it could go either way, right? Yeah, if it could you're have an, been the
2: let's be friends. If walk. you're
1: a person with anxiety, this is a this is a scary thing to say right um thankfully uh yeah so thankfully that wasn't the case so um we go for a walk and i'm i'm talking with kim and i am just struggling with how to actually um communicate my intention with her and so i start mumbling and muttering um and trying to get around this whole will you be my girlfriend talk? And I'm saying, you know, I really, I have enjoyed our relationship so far. I would love to see this continue and and deepen. And as I'm struggling to get this information out, Kim just puts her hand on my arm and says, I I hear what you're saying. And yes, right. And I'm like, oh, thanks. Great. And so I move on. Like in my head, like, this is perfect. Kim is my girlfriend. Now I have, now we both agree on this together. And we can, you know, now I can see her as my official girlfriend. I, this, is, this is now a settled piece of information in my mind. Great, yes. And, um, and that just, you know, our relationship is now defined. Kim had no idea what I was talking about. She just felt bad.
3: <laughs>
1: and so she goes, it's the end of the school year. She goes home. Friends and parent and family are asking about us and are we officially boyfriend or girlfriend yet and her response for some time is i don't know right oh yeah and, and it took you know it, it didn't take that long to figure all of this out right we eventually had the conversation we circled back around to understanding the misc the so misunderstanding DTR part two dtr the the sequel and um and, and so since then we've done okay we've we we're pretty well defined at this point um but i guess you know Let's hope. yeah and so uh th- Without clear communication, you can misunderstand each other.
2: Yes, yes. And
1: I think the role of church membership is to not make assumptions. Yes. And it's not yes. to say, like, hey, um, just because you're here, doesn't necessarily mean that you've committed to what were our mission and our vision and our values. It doesn't even mean that you love Jesus. Like I, I think that we have people who come to our church on a regular basis who don't have a relationship with the Lord.
2: Right. Oh, uh, I follow. I, yeah. I know them.
1: And um, and so with that in mind, <clears throat> going through our process of becoming a member, which is painless, relatively painless, um, going through that process of being a member, which is really just us communicating in a classroom environment who we are what we believe what we're trying to accomplish um and then having that person or that you know that couple whatever like actually go through a quick application page fill out information about their their beliefs and background and that and Sit down with a couple of elders, have an interview and a conversation, and make sure that we have communicated our relationship clearly with one another, what our expectations are clearly with one another, so that um, we can say yes, I am fully on board with this being my local church, and we as a, as a leadership can say yes, that person is fully on board with being committed to what we're doing as a local church, and then we have this mutual. Um, opportunity for communication and for understanding and for sharpening in right, each other, right, right? Right, Um. So that's, that's what I think about when I, right. when I think about this whole conversation. When yeah. somebody says to me, like, well, I'm already, I come, shouldn't that be enough? I was like, well, I don't actually know that you know what we're doing. Yeah, I agree.
2: Yeah, and, and do we know them? Right. I mean, we, we kind of know them. Right. You know? They're, they're here every week. It's funny because, you know, as a pastor, many, for many, many years, I'll get a telephone call from from a funeral home. Mm,
3: mm-hmm. This is a oh, big one. This is a fun one.
2: This is a fun one. I get a telephone call from a funeral home and the, the funeral director says, uh, uh this is so and so from the funeral home. Um, John Smith was one of your members, and uh they are their the Smith family is asking for you to do the funeral. Mm-hmm. And I'm my reaction dude, Who's John Smith? Yeah. That's mentally it's going through who? Yeah. You know, and, and, uh, quite a, I'll, I, I've, you know, I've gotten kind of soft on it. I just kind of <laughs> usually say, to Smile the director, it, okay. so, oh, that's, that's fine. Tell me when, when was it that Mr. Smith, do you, do you know when Mr. Smith came to this church, <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, uh, cause uh, you don't want your pastor to ask that.
1: Do
3: you? Yeah. You don't yeah. You know. It,
2: I saw it. You know there are two things you don't want. You don't want your pastor to ask when it was the last time you came to the church. The other one you don't. You, don't, you want, don't want him to have to lie about you at, his, at, his, at yeah. your funeral. Right? Yeah, John
1: Smith was a wonderful man.
2: Yeah, and, uh, I don't. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. So uh, you're not a member just because you go to a church,
1: right? Right. Yeah, I think that's the point here. I like, think that's
2: the point we're making. You
1: know, just because you're know, like, if you're, if you were with and, if you're in a dating relationship, you're not, you know, this is, it's helpful to have some defined status. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I think that's, that's always been a thing, it, you know, that, that at some point you need to just be able to clearly communicate with one another what your expectations are. Sure. And what you're hoping for out of that relationship.
2: You might sit down in our connections class and hear that our church, you know, believes that justification is by faith in Jesus Christ. And you might respond to that by saying... Whoa, wait a second. You know, yeah. I'm here for the good works.
1: Yeah, we've had good conversations in past communicate, in past Connections classes you know, where where there is a difference in theology and we get to work through, is this something that is non-negotiable or yeah. a preference? Like we can, you know, fil- we'll filter those differences through to see if that's something that that person's comfortable with. We've had connections classes where, after several weeks of going through these, people have accepted Jesus as their Savior.
2: Multiple times.
1: Yeah. Multiple times. Uh, People who, up until attending that class, were ready to um, become members of the church who didn't actually weren't actually members of the church of the larger church of what you know. exactly yeah so um, I guess that's, that's that's sort of the point it, it's it's not just a, an assumed agreement A membership is a uh, is a firm even like written documented agreement that you are. On board with (coughs) um, the participation of the work of God within a local body of believers.
2: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So, with all that said,
1: how does the church post COVID era handle
2: our remote members? I know. I know. That's a really good question. Um, Because uh, we've had, and I've had, I've been in churches where I had a, Wonderful, uh, just uh, an example. I had a wonderful family in the church. Um, they were, uh, they had a job where they traveled, mm-hmm. and they just got to a point where they actually sold their home in our our town. Um, and they just continued, They d- didn't have an address. They had a post office box, mm-hmm. uh, somewhere in another state, and they just they spent their entire lives on the road with with the job that they were doing. But every month, our church got a tithe check from them because they considered us their church, and they were members of our church, and they did not want our, their membership removed because they were members of that church, and they were going to give it to it and support it.
1: Mm-hmm. But they weren't active in ministry.
2: They were not active in ministry. Yeah. No. But they were so here's but here's another side of it, so they weren't active in ministry. they were definitely active in their giving. they were also active in their continuing connection and relationship with people from that church hmm. this is uh pre facebook days mm-hmm. but uh they would make telephone calls they would uh they would they would talk to different people in the congregation uh they would you know there were there were emails from them whenever they were actually back in the community. They came to church there. Yeah, you know, yeah. they 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 worked on their relationship, and they were financially supporting the congregation. Mm-hmm. So those were two pluses.
1: So we, did you guys consider them members?
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. In fact, they're still members of that church. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So, so how does that?
1: Uh, I I don't. have I'm not sure I have the answer for this yet. I, I really am trying to like think this through because. Uh, This started, this back and forth started, as I was saying at the beginning of the episode, with trying to figure out um, what we're doing, you know, leading into this annual meeting. And we do have people in our congregation who are strictly online, some of them local, some of them not. Yeah. And 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 I would imagine.
2: Some are physically separated from us just because of. Um, illness or health problems
1: or anything like that. Right. And so I would consider, you know, I, I, I would imagine that most of those people consider Marsh Corner their church Yes, still. Yes. Um, and so as I was thinking about this and I sent back this email, like what, you know, you know, what, if somebody's still tuning in, and pr- pr- consuming this is another tra- challenge. Somebody's still co- tuning in and consuming our congreg, you know, our services on Sunday, and believes they are still part of our church. Do we put them in some sort of status where they're not members, um, or they're members but they don't have any kind of like voting capability? Like this is this is yeah this is yeah. sticky stuff yeah. Um, and then the the reply that we got back, which was reasoned and well thought through, was saying no, these are these are some criteria that we look for talked about being part- active and participants active participants in ministry and in giving and in connection with the rest of the church which then led me to thinking i'm not sure that we hold our in person like attendees who have gone through membership to that same standard
2: right like uh, how are you how are you contributing in your spiritual life yeah. to the... do we ha- do we have people
1: who are in a chair now because there you're no pews anymore we have people who are in a chair two out of four Sundays a month who will give a 20 into the offering plate, maybe once in a while, um, who will attend an occasional event that we host who are on our membership role and consider themselves members of the church. Hmm. Um, and is that okay? And if that's okay, then shouldn't somebody who is doing this digitally have the same kind of standing.
2: So I, Here's a perspective. This is from one church that I actually pastored, and I actually thought it was a, a good idea, although there are ways around us. <laughs> that chur- church required that to maintain your membership in that church, you had to be present in worship mm-hmm. or contributing on a regular basis uh, to maintain your membership. But you also did not have the right of Voting on any church business if you had not taken communion in person with the congregation at least twice in the last six months. Hmm. So there was, and so for example, the family that we mentioned who were traveling, Mm -hmm. and um they could they were part of the church, they were considered part of the church's membership, but they were not considered part of the business side or the voting side of the church's membership. Because they, unless they had actually been at church for communion Communion Sunday, the first Sunday of the month, on two occasions in the last six months. Yeah. Uh, Because there was this opinion that you had to be present and interacting to actually know what what the heart of the church was, what the focus of the church was. Right. Because um, it's
1: hard to make it. It's almost, it's kind of unfair to make decisions about what a local church is doing. If you're not, it, it, it goes to another piece of this where we talk about the church as <clears is> an <throat> organism, not an organization. Right, right. Organizations are static and they're, they're locked into what they're doing. Organisms grow and change and evolve. Yes. And yeah. um, so if you're not part of that process and seeing your church grow and change and evolve, then you might not be making the best and most informed decisions when it comes time to like make it deci- an official decision. And so it's helpful to abstain from that conversation or from that vote. Um, but again, like this digital involvement thing is tricky.
2: So let me, let me give you a, let me give you a, maybe this, this will help. Right. So this finger right here, mm-hmm. right. Um, 40 years ago, 35 years ago, I was in a, I had an accident. And um, there is nerve damage in this itty- bitty pinky. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> the nerve damage is such that it, it doesn't bother me most of the time. I, I actually I can feel I can pick up. I, if, uh, you know if I needed to, I could pick things up. Um, I only notice the nerve damage on days like this when it's cold enough to be cold mm-hmm. but not so cold that we turn the heat on here at the church <laughs> mm-hmm. and and what that eventually works out to is that i i can't feel the pad on this finger
3: hmm.
2: right now hmm. it's chilly chilling here in case it's you want just to, yeah. yeah it's it's just it, it, i can't feel the pad i, I can feel the finger
3: mm-hmm.
2: right i you know i know the finger's there um, I just can't feel the pad on that finger because all of my senses of hot and cold in that finger are gone. Mm. They're numb.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: All right. Given that, it's probably not a good idea for me to rely upon that finger for picking stuff up because I can't tell if it's hot, cold, or even present. Right. A believer who is not a part of the body. And connected to the body and involved in ministry and involved in financially supporting the ministry is numb. Hmm. They are a numb cell in the body of believers. They don't know what the other fingers are necessarily doing. Hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: They don't know where the other fingers are necessarily going. They're 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 slow to the pickup. And I think one of the things that we try to do with our members, we try to keep our members informed, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, the best type of, in, the best type of information is always being present. Yeah. And, and when you're not present and I'm, you know, I mean, I love you guys that are out there who are consuming this stuff mm-hmm. or watching us every week and so on, but you're missing stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So we might vote on something at an annual meeting, which we don't necessarily do a lot of, but we might vote on something at an annual meeting and you might say, wow, oh, when did that happen? Who did, hmm. You know, and quite honestly, a lot of that you would have picked up if you were here every week. Yeah. Right. You know, we're going to, you know, one of the things we do at our annual meeting is we, you know, we pick out, we elect officers and directors and different types of things, Just imagine if you were, if you've been watching uh, Marsh Corner on video for the last year, and you decide you're going to show up for the annual meeting, Mm. and uh, you know, or or you want us to make the annual meeting digital so that you can be a participant. Yeah, and you're going to look at the list, and you're going to see, you're going to see some new names. There's some names on our slate of officers this year that are, uh, they're new to our church, Mm -hmm. and uh, and. So then how could you vote on that person how having how can you that vote moment? on them or are you going to say to well who's this guy what how how do i know he's he's uh he's elder deacon treasurer material right, right. I, I, i've never heard of this guy before in my life yeah so are you connected mm. no i i would hope you are no i i would hope that you would make that effort to be here if you can
1: right you know? so i guess I think this has this conversation has as much to do with informing how we view members also informing a bit on what we're starting to see from this digital platform that so many churches have taken advantage of over the last couple of years. I, I know that there are churches out there that have done a, a good job of integrating their digital platform into some, or, or, or leveraging it into some sort of community. Um, but for like 99% of churches out there that are just taking their church service and throwing it up on YouTube or in their live stream, um, we really are doing that as a temporary substitute. Yes. Right. And it's, 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 it's something that very few of us as churches um, consider a replacement for church involvement. Right. Um, it really is a way to keep people who are incapable of being at a particular service Um, informed as to what was, what went on. Um, if you're away, if you're ill, if you are, um, if you're prospectively attending our church and want to get a sense of what we're like before you come here. Yeah. I love that. Um, like, you know, that's, you know, we've, as we've talked with newer people to our church, like they've usually consumed two, three, four services before they've ever walked through our door. Right. Um, those are things that we love out of our, out of our, um, our online content, um, but it's not designed to be a replacement for church community.
2: No, no, not by any means. And, and I the think, interaction of individual people face to face,
1: and I think is significant. There are a lot of people right now in our country who have learned to consume church through a digital environment, but they've not figured out how to maintain community through a digital environment. Yeah, and so they're not really in church
2: so so let me let me state a let me state an ongoing issue that i think is is worth grasping it's a theological issue that comes out of that should
1: i run the little ditty again no 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 no,
2: um god has designed us to live and work in community Mm -hmm. satan's effort in this world is always to disrupt that community
0: mm-hmm.
2: he is the author of confusion so his effort is always to try and divide human beings as much as possible to take us away from each other as much as possible
3: yeah
1: so i was thinking about this last night we were at i was at the yankee game seventh inning at the yankees every every stadium has its own traditions and in Yankee Stadium when you get to the 7th inning they don't go to commercial break everybody stands they have somebody sing God bless America and they honor somebody who's a soldier or either past or present and so i'm in a stadium of 50,000 people all everyone singing God bless America in unison and i'm thinking about how i'm in man i'm in the bronx i'm in new york city which is a city not exactly famous at the moment for its unified perspective on who we are as a country. Mm, mm. Um, all 50,000 of us singing about God blessing this country of people, right? And it was beautiful. I got chills thinking about it as I was sitting there because we were, you know, we had this opportunity to sing about a thing in unison together. And I was thinking, man, I probably have a different political opinion than almost anybody in, around me. But together, we can sing this thing, right? Yeah. And it was a beautiful yes. reminder of what community can be and what yes. should be. But if we're divided from one another, then it's really easy to look at all of those people who are in that, that, that we would happily sing with in that building and question their motives and question their beliefs and, and and question their love for the country they live in or their sports team or how dedicated they were or how important their things were like it's really easy to question all that but when you're in when you're standing shoulder to shoulder with them singing about something together that you both agree on then you're like oh this is great
0: yeah right because we're
1: designed for that kind of connection yeah absolutely and so if you're if you have separated from the church community which you're designed for you're designed for community um you are missing out on the beauty of what it is to stand shoulder to shoulder with people that you should disagree with on almost everything. But because you believe, you agree on Jesus, you can be shoulder to shoulder with these people and love the moment. Right. But if you're watching it happen on TV, when it gets to, when I'm watching a Yankee game on TV and it gets to the seventh inning stretch and a random like police officer or firefighter or um, celebrity stands up and sings God Bless America. Oh, they don't use that high
2: voice tenor guy anymore.
1: They, they rotate it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, And and a soldier that I've never seen before stands and waves awkwardly at the camera. I'm like, oh, that's nice. And I go get it, you know, and I'll run to the kitchen for something. Right, right. Because I'm separated from it and it it doesn't have the same impact. I just say, oh, good for them. And I move on. And I'm, I'm afraid that a lot of people who will consider themselves members of a church, who love jesus and love the church but who have separated themselves and are consuming their church digitally and not in person are missing out on the connection they're designed for
2: right right
1: that concerns me as a pastor
2: i concerns me too and and i you know
1: i'm not I, sure i'm ready to like make decisions about somebody's membership status for this no, year's annual meeting based no, on all based on this conversation no.
2: And I think you know. I don't know. Maybe there's a future here for us to have digital members. You know, yeah. are they interacting with us on Facebook on a regular basis? Do they? Right. Maybe, maybe there's you know, that, maybe
1: there's a new criteria that goes into maybe our. You know, we've actually
2: making. we've attempted as a church to do uh, Facebook Bible studies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and there have been individuals that have been part of that. You have a, you have a um, a Bible reading group. That's a Bible digital. reading group that's digital. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know obviously there's digital giving if, if yeah. you need a link for that maybe we should put it in there.
1: marshcorner.com and you go to yeah. the top of the page you'll see the link yeah
2: yeah yeah i mean all of those things are possible digitally you know yeah. is there a future for being a digital member I, I don't know
1: i think it's possible but i do
2: but i would rather you be here
1: prefer this yes yeah
2: because the truth of the matter is if you're here and you may not be comfortable with this but if you're here I can look you in the eye and see your pain, Mm -hmm. or your excitement at serving the Lord, or or your struggle. Or you can't hide when you're standing with Christ and other believers. Mm -hmm. I don't think God wants you to hide. No, hiding is kind of the thing that comes out of
3: the whole garden incident. The whole
2: garden incident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't do that. Yeah, don't hide. Don't hide. maybe we've left you hanging here maybe we uh, have but uh, it's been a good conversation yeah
1: and this is kind of what the podcast is for uh to wrestle through some of these things and and i am still in this place of sensitivity on this i i I would love to see the church as a whole really make great use of the tools that we now have to you know um and, and i think that creative church leaders and members um will be able to take the tools we have and the tools that are in development to, to enhance the Christian community and I am eagerly looking forward to that and thinking about how to employ that now as a pastor um but in the meantime
2: we still need each other
1: we need each other and we need you and and we need you to be connected to real life people yeah um yeah. if you're part of our congregation we need you connected to our congregation if you found us We need you connected to a good congregation. Yeah. Um, And uh, so if you're out there and you're not local to us um, and you're not connected with a church congregation, you can always email us podcast at marshcorner.com. The pastoral community is small and tight and it's pretty likely that wherever you are in the country, we know a pastor who's there and we can get you connected. Um, Um,
2: For that guy that's listening to us in India, mm -hmm. we even have some connections there. (laughs) I think we
1: probably do. Yeah. Um, so we, we really, really want you connected with the local body of believers. I, we think that it's vital to the health of every Christian. And, uh, we hope that's a, a challenge you take on, uh, a challenge that we're going to try to take on is podcasting again next week. Oh yeah. 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 We'll yeah. hope to see you then. But until then, have a good week, everyone. You have been listening to Inside the Pastor Study podcast with Pastors George and Jeremy Stevens. Artwork by Caitlin Gallagher, music by San Demetrius, and engineering help from Ashley Gallagher. To find out more about us, head to Marsh Corner.